0: Here. and welcome to the it doesn't have to rhyme podcast the podcast where we talk about a lot more than poetry even though we talk about poetry i'm your host bb and i'm jay mj he's i'm not jay <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm jay
0: it's like i get on here and i already have like an identity crisis. like wait who am I? <laughs> oh my gosh. okay so let's introduce ourselves here Uh, uh, Well, actually, I'm going to introduce you, and you introduce me. Sounds good. That seems more fair. You're my co-host, my co-host, Jay. And yes, we're using um, letters. I I don't know why. Like, we're not cool enough to really have...
1: Monikers?
0: Moniker, What an old-fashioned name. It suits you with your top hat and your three-piece suit. Oh, my gosh. Um... Jay is a. uh, Can I say you teach at high levels of English? Absolutely. Yeah, he teaches at high levels of English. He's highly educated. That's my bad British accent. Um, Which fits your monocle that you're currently wearing. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, you can. They can't
1: can't see whether or not I'm really wearing one. Yeah, he doesn't have any teeth,
0: but he's wearing a monocle. and uh, you, let's see, you're a published author, and you've self-published. You've done both.
1: Yep, that's true.
0: And you're currently writing a novel that you're finishing out here with the editing process and the querying process to submit to publishers by... By the end of the year. By the end of the year, and that is under a pseudonym. That's correct. <laughs> so it will not be under J. Don't go looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when it comes out, we'll, we'll put it on the podcast here. Okay, introduce me.
1: Do uh, it, do it, do it. Yeah. BB, uh, if you listen to this, you know that she is a poet and she has uh, self-published many books And I would say that that BB is someone who exemplifies that life is poetry.
0: I, I you know it's funny that you say that because it's leading us right into our topic for the day um, about sort of, what is poetry? And you say that and I'm like, yeah, but that's, you know, my stance. So I feel like you, you're sort of like trying to.
1: It was whatever I just did. It was not purposeful.
0: <laughs> okay. So before we get going, um, Jay is not a poet. Jay actually doesn't even really like poetry. Truth. Right like like I remember we were talking and you ran across what was it an EE e. Cummings poem and it was the someone, everyone, anyone. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is this?
1: It's so vague. Like why am I what? I I think I read it maybe five times and then, then you' like I was like, can you me. help can you help me with this because. I'm not, sh- I, I think I get the idea of the poem, but I'm not sure. I'm confused with all of this vagueness of who I'm supposed to be following.
0: <laughs> right, right. So so sometimes I think it's like, it's it's okay to say you don't always love reading poetry. Gotta say. But our author today, and, and I'm saying that because when we do these podcasts, we're going to be talking about poetry. And you guys, if you're poets and you're listening to this podcast, you're going to prepare yourself. Sometimes Jay's going to be like... I don't like this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and if you're not a poet and you're listening to this, you got somebody on your side. (laughs)
0: It's like sides, like the great battle of the ages isn't going to be between like, you know, we think it's going to be like something massive and political, but it's really going to be poets. It's all s-
1: about poets and non-poets.
0: Yeah. And so like the poets will sit there and hurl their descriptives at people like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just and get... And then
1: the other side will say, yeah, your mom. Your,
0: your mom. Right. Because it's just... Uh. Okay. So today we're talking about uh, Robert Causey. Um I have I pulled up Robert's bio because and we we will get into Robert's poem featured is a light word here let's be honest it we're going to go off in tangents but uh Robert is an award-winning poet he's also a particularly nice person like I just want to say that he's a personal friend mm-hmm. and he's really warm and wonderful and he's somebody who creates like really Meaningful relationships with his readers. And we're going to talk about three Roberts today, I've decided. Which is not confusing at all.
1: What you cannot see is a look of fear. (laughs)
0: Fear. Object fear and horror. Okay, so Robert does a brilliant job at creating um, interpersonal relationships with his readers. Like, he literally has readers sending him cookie recipes. All
1: right.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's that kind of writer, And I think that's important to express because, well, we'll get into that. Let me read his bio first. Award-winning poet Robert A. Causey. I don't know what the A stands for. I've never asked. Adam? Arthur? Alan. Okay. (laughs) He'll tell us. (laughs) Continues to dazzle his international following with poetry and prose that tantalize all five senses and leave the reader wanting more. In addition to six published poetry volumes and inclusion in anthologies and publications, the New Jersey-based writer also shares daily creations and live streams on Instagram. Educated at James Madison University and New York University, Kazi shares valuable mentorship with new writers around the globe. And then it gives his info for more information. He's one, like, I think it I read uh, someplace six best online lit or something like six years in a row. He's he's really uh,
1: that's impressive.
0: He is an impressive person. And so let's say I handed you his book, yes. Kaleidoscope of Colors too. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, pick some stuff out and and just read it, tell me what you think. So give me a non-poet's review of Robert Cawsey's Kaleidoscope of Colors in general. In like general. yeah, just generally, yeah. Um and then you could grab and read that poem that you want to read. Okay.
1: So, in general, um, my impression of Robert as a person is that his his emotions are they seem because he writes it down right there on the surface. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's really in touch with how he feels with the moments that are happening in his life, present tense.
0: He's a very present tense writer. I agree.
1: And that, um, that you can just in reading through probably any of his poetry books, because I've only seen, you know, Kaleidoscope of Colors 2, that you can get at least like a snapshot picture of Robert in his life in the moments that these poems
0: encapsulate. So I want to stick with him for a minute, but I'm saying this because we're going to go off on a tangent and talk about. You know, everything is poetry. Mm-hmm. But Robert journals. And so uh, I just know a lot of his stuff comes, because of his Instagram account, a lot of his stuff comes from that in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not directly, but a lot of it is direct. So you can definitely see that influence, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I suppose there some of his journal is literally yeah, in Yeah, there, there is. Yeah, he has that. Um, and so I, I mostly, you know, when I was turning the pages and, and reading through and sorry I'm not a poet Robert if you're listening to the podcast so I can't I can't in good conscience say that I read every single word in your book but I was very much focused in on your poetry um, uh, for the sake of, of today's podcast uh, and I, I would say that as as a poet in general um, there was very little that I couldn't um, kind of relate to he's very relatable Mm. in in his expression and I really appreciated that
0: yeah yeah no I I think that one of the things and this is a little rabbit trail but this whole thing is going to be a rabbit trail so let's just follow the little rabbits one of the things that I was I, I think I've brought this up to you before too in like light conversation but it's this idea that I wonder if we write from places that we value. So, like, one of the things that I hear from Robert over and over again is he values honesty. And I see that in his character and makeup. Like, Robert's not calling himself R or RC. Mm-hmm. You know, he's calling himself Robert. It even throws the middle initial in, right? right. So, like, he's that honest. He's like, there's an A here, people. <laughs> right. I'm not Robert cozy I'm Robert a Kazi right he's 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 very open and honest this is where I live this is my life if you follow him on Instagram you'll he'll you know show himself baking he's not someone who feels like he has to pose for the camera or anything he's just very very honest um and forthright the there's a desire in him to be known.
1: Yeah, I, would, so I was almost going to go into like psycho. No, no, do it, man. Like aspects that that it seems to be a consistency in his character mm-hmm. that even in what he writes, he's saying, "Here I am, you know, warts and all. <laughs> you know, I, I'm this. This is who I am.
0: Not that he has warts. No, I was no, saying he's
1: warts. <laughs> I was using that as an idiom. Okay. Um, that, He's uh,
0: actually a very pleasant-looking man. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I just know him by his words. Um, that that that, uh, to the best of my ability, I'm not hiding anything yeah. from you in this moment. Whether it's something that I I I value or am ashamed of right. in my in my character, uh, me 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 saying that as Robert um and so that's yeah it's it's all there
0: as someone who does not read poetry how does that affect your readership like do you know what I mean like when you pick that up and you're like oh great this is a poetry book and you're immediately greeted with that level of honesty did you feel like you were engaging with your own emotions in it? What, like, do you know what I mean? Like,
1: what? Um, so I'm going to answer in a roundabout way. So I'm going to rabbit trail. Okay. I would give this book to anyone who said they liked poetry or didn't. So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that he has gotten awards for his writing. It's that receivable by the reader. Ought accessible? A, accessible. That That's accessible where it is. Like, yes. Yeah, that accessible. Um And so... I think when I first started reading, I was taking like a, well, evaluative outside role when I was reading it. I'm getting to know about Robert mm-hmm. as an author, but then, then it, there's sort of like the shift that happens, maybe in the middle of a poem. I can't exactly say where, but it was like, um, now I'm able to, oh, I see common ground between robert and i and then it goes to like this other deeper deeper level of i've experienced something like this too
0: okay so as someone who prefers to read other types of writing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how does that follow the pattern of what you look for in good writing elsewhere
1: yeah probably for me if i'm talking personally for me personally um You're more
0: of a fantasy reader. I am,
1: but if I read something and it and it and it doesn't jive with any sense of reality and it's just escapism, let's say, then it doesn't have that sort of same value. Then it was okay, that was entertaining. Like, you know, like, let's say, like, some Marvel movies, I felt that way. I mean, I know it has nothing to do with poetry, but I was like, okay, yeah, the Iron Man movie. That <coughs> oh, was,
0: the one with the Mandarin that wasn't the Mandarin. That know? was like the worst. Yeah, I mean, it was it the was, whole side of the hill scene with the, what was it, Quinja? I don't even remember. What so, you would say. It's, uh, anyway, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, that the idea
1: of, well, that was entertaining. But it's it's not retaining. Right, okay. So there's there's nothing for me to carry along with it and to consider. Um, So I look for that normally in anything that I'm reading. And this definitely has that.
0: It's not necessarily about, okay, so we're talking about Robert's honesty. But it's not necessarily as a reader that he's, that it's the honesty that has spoken to you. But rather that he's honest with himself in his writing. He knows himself. Yeah, he knows himself. So if you pick up a fantasy work to read it, if it's by an author that doesn't have intention and know themselves, I think that's an important distinction because I I, I would say just, um, in this rabbit trails, and we're going to go back to Robert, and then we'll do our rabbit trail. But there there to me is, um, I'm going to call it something that I'm just going to, like people are going to hate me. I think it's Epidemic. Of people writing to know themselves. Sure. And I don't think that that is writing in its true, pure form.
1: I would say as a slight...
0: I mean, it is. Yeah, as a
1: slight slight counter, if you don't don't know yourself, and this is an agreement... It's journaling. Right. If you don't know yourself and you're writing to get to know yourself, then you're creating your voice. Right. And you're still in process and with with things like social media and whatnot you probably have you get to see more people finding their voice and who they are than you would in eras before now
0: right other people previously like Thoreau went off to Walden's Pond and you know i'm sure there's pieces that he wrote that we'll never read true just in discovering himself and i think Robert has done that on his own. So I I don't mean it. I guess I'm using write very loosely. I I should be writing for consumption, writing for consumption. I think that when you write for consumption and you're putting it out there for people and you want them to relate to what you've written, if you're still trying to figure out who you are in that, the only people that might be drawn to that is going to be people who are also trying to figure out who they are.
1: Yeah. And the challenge, I think the challenge with it... Which maybe is fine. I, yeah. You know, the, I the challenge with it is that, and I think you might feel this way as a fellow writer, there isn't really a point where you have arrived.
0: Right. Right. And I think part of this is my pushback on everything is poetry because you know I have a pushback on that, mm-hmm. which we're not going to get into until after we discussed Robert's piece. But I think, I think I've said a lot of things that probably have already offended half the audience. Well, now we're down to the (laughs) one person. This is great. Hi, Robert. How are you doing? So it's, it's not, it's, I'm not trying to, it sounds like I'm putting people down and I'm not. I'm, I'm including myself in this. That I think that, I think the best writers have written enough for their own selves to know when something is worth sharing because it's a strong enough aspect of who they are, or what they want to say, that there's some sort of intent to it.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I, know
0: if that. No, that makes... makes
1: sense. I mean, I, 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 don't. I guess I don't. I, we haven't really talked to, no. about this personally, but I probably have more things written in my my little journal in my notes that I've never come to see the light of day because they. I might not have any intention to because it was an exercise for me to find my voice and to find what was important to me to write about and what not.
0: And I think that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that's what maybe creates some of the honesty we see in Robert's writing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that he writes for him... Himself. Because he's a writer. Yeah. And that's like the whole thing. Like, okay, let's, okay, let's just take the deep dive. The other was yesterday. I said to you <laughs> and like... Your face was like, "What the heck are you?" Like, I've morphed into some kind of beast. Um, when I said, "I think if you are writing to be read, then you're not a writer," and right. you were like, "What?" I'm like, what? But it is kind. It's kind of where I'm coming from with Robert's thing. Like, I think if you're a writer, you write.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think people who, because I. And I, I am very heavily impacted by social media. And I'm going to try to not make this podcast a bashing of what I see on Instagram. Because it lacks intention. Mm-hmm. And also, some of the intention is just for hookups. And I think that that's not writing. I mean, it is writing. I, suppose. I mean, It's suppose a form it's
1: of writing. Right. It's but a, it's not the, the, the means and goal.
0: It doesn't suit what I'm trying to right, do in right. my life. So I have to, like, say... That doesn't make someone else invalid, but it's not what I'm there for. Um, but I write. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm posting it or not. I write. If you aren't writing, unless you're posting, I don't think you're a writer. I mean, that's like a really strong thing to say, but I think people are walking around calling themselves writers or poets because it's a moniker, to use your term, that, that they want to wear. But if I'm not flying spaceships, I'm not an astronaut. Do you know what I mean? Right. You know, and I I know we had this conversation before we started about categorizing things. I don't want to oversimplify because I really want to have the fullness of that conversation. But I'll use the example I used previously that everything in life, we don't like categories. We don't like to be categorized, right? Mm -hmm. Don't, don't say who I am. Don't say my identity. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't know me. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but everything on the most bio- biological, molecular levels, everything is a classification. It's actually how we navigate our world. Mm-hmm. The sky is not the same as soil. Trees are not the same as flowers. Cats are not the same as dogs. Like, it's in the distinctions that we discover our world. It's through, you know, as a child is born and navigates their world, we teach them this is what a pig sounds like and this is what a horse sounds like. Because a horse doesn't sound like a pig.
1: Right. They're different.
0: And so the example that I used um, when we were talking earlier that I'll share with you guys is, you know, some people don't mind, like, if they're food for Thanksgiving, like, Touches on their plate or even gets mixed around. Like people always say, like,
1: all goes at the same
0: place. Yeah, or it mixes around your stomach. <clears throat> but, like, literally, would you go back to a Thanksgiving meal where the person mixes everything in a massive bowl and says, have at it? Or a blender, just blend <laughs> it together in <laughs> oh a smoothie. <laughs> you know, but that's like disgusting to us when we hear that people have to blend a meal, mm-hmm. even if we have compassion and understand it, we're like, ew, you know, there's that ew factor in it because there's something about the delineation right
1: delineation of flavors and textures and everything
0: right so the distinctives is part of what makes something what it is and so I think one of the reasons I felt passionate about starting this podcast and why it's interesting to start with Robert because he's so honest is there is a distinction you may not want to accept it because it might hurt your feelings or it might impact where your identity is. But if what you're writing isn't poetry and you want to write poetry, then how can you ever get there? You want to be seen as a poet and you don't write poetry. You want to be seen as a fantasy author, but all you write is what happened to you.
1: Or or worse yet, all you write is another version of Star Wars.
0: right. Right. So it's, it is, it's like this kind of, to find your own unique voice, you actually have to start recognizing the distinctives. You, you can't be unique if, if everything is the same, Mm -hmm. which I know is like the whole battle that has been in place
1: since before now. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like me to read, um. One of my favorite poems that I found in in Robert's book.
0: I would love for you to read that.
1: It's called Missed Opportunity. We were strangers sitting side by side on a New York train that afternoon when I felt you turn your head and focus on these words I was writing in my journal. I'd rather spend my time earning the right to know a person. Your eyes flickered up to mine for the briefest of seconds. You nodded your head slowly in agreement. Before looking away. For a moment it was as if a heavy curtain had fallen around us. The outside noise of the moving train was gone. It was just you and me. The rest of the world's clamor faded into the only sound I could hear, the erratic beat of my own heart.
0: Hmm.
1: So this this poem touched me in a way um, First, like from an outside perspective, the irony of the, the situation, but knowing also at this point in the book that this probably really happened,
0: because mm-hmm. you know his writing at that point right. that he writes his experiences.
1: Yeah, it's about it's just passed halfway through the book, and there's there's journals and there's all these things, um, and it's almost like he he caught himself in the moment doing the very opposite of what he was writing in his journal. Oh,
0: I hadn't caught that. That's interesting.
1: And he titled it Missed Opportunity. So he found someone that maybe, by implication, saw what he was writing, agreed with him, and then opted to not engage in that opportunity because maybe he didn't do the very thing, which was, let me get to know this person or let this person get to know me before jumping into this exciting idea of being in a relationship
0: that's really interesting I, I did not pull that from that piece ooh I want to hear what you what you pulled from well that. I mean you have to like pass me gotta the because I had the words but you know that's really interesting I just figured you picked it because it's New York you can tell people like
1: yeah yeah I, I grew up in that region of the world
0: you grew up in New York I did <laughs> That's like, and it's funny that I feel like I've been the one that's a little rude this morning because I'm Midwestern and I'm the one that like, when I first met you, I was like, why are you so mean to people?
1: I am. I am. I'm rude. <laughs>
0: You're not though. I'm rude. No, inside.
1: Either. I'm rude on the inside.
0: I, I pulled from it, of course, the sense as you were reading it, that there was the moment of knowing someone but you're right I'd rather spend my time earning the right to know a person and then it says briefest of seconds so he really did lean into the irony of that moment didn't he you nodded your head slowly in agreement before looking away just that whole thing holy cow see I wouldn't have caught it that way oh
1: non-poets sweet
0: (laughs) I would have caught it more the layer of that he didn't offer that to Robert That he agreed with it, but then moved on, you know? And so Robert in the poem, or the voice of the poet in the poem, was taken from this moment of feeling connected, like someone understood them, to then being moved out of that again. And then the only sound I could hear was the erratic beat of my own heart. Again, alone in his world of wishing for that investment of time. Mm Mm-hmm. But yours is like equally
1: Well it's probably an and both. I mean, it'd be interesting, you know.
0: Well that's why people have the authors on to talk to them. Yeah. But uh, I Oh, we're not doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're like, no, we're gonna talk about you, but whatever, if we're right or wrong. You're 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 still on your own with it being upset at us or happy.
0: We're happy. Okay, so let's transition to Robert number two. Uh oh, uh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Robert, no, he's here. This is Robert Frost. And you can say whatever you want about him because he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he doesn't care. Sweet. He doesn't care. And I picked the popular poem, right? It's the Robert Frost poem.
1: The but, other one that, that people see in high school and they use it wrong, but I've never actually read it.
0: Yeah, that one. It's called The Road Not Taken. Okay. Um, okay, so this is Robert Frost. I don't know. Was that his real name?
1: I don't know. Do you want me to
0: look it up? No. Okay. (laughs) Maybe you should. It's a podcast. We're here for the information of the people. But let me read this to you. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could. To where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere. Ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Hmm. Taking that in? Doesn't it like rip your guts out? (laughs) I just love Robert Frost so much.
1: His name, his name. He was born Robert Lee Frost.
0: Oh, okay. okay. So he dropped the L. You're right.
1: He's not. As, he's not as authentic. <laughs> he's, not he's not as authentic not as, as
0: Robert Kazi. Yeah.
1: Um. So in hearing that, and it's not as familiar to me because I haven't ever really engaged with it. It's hard to tell what that difference is in what quality of difference I mean he got to experience what he experienced on the road that he was and there's almost like this mention of him admitting I'm not going to go back to the other road because I'm going to go off of this road again to another road yet still it made all the difference in who he is
0: Um, yeah it's it's a it's it's a way of celebrating poetically the choices that we make and that that is who we become Really, it, the difference is in the choice, and in not making a choice.
1: Yeah, I don't hear any regret. I don't hear any words of regret or tone of regret.
0: Well, I think that kind of is the the point of the piece. In many ways, is that you can no more regret like a lot of people do. Like I think, you know, talking about where a person's writing from. Okay, we we didn't go in depth, and I didn't give you a lot of Robert Frost thing. <laughs> Um, Much like Robert Causey, Robert Frost writes the experiences of people that he has come in contact with or that he's observed and recognized. They're not all his stories. Mm -hmm. Robert Causey is very much his own stories, I think. I don't think a lot of times it's even, there's some observations of other people, but for the most part, they're people that he's connected with or has had a moment with. Right. Robert Frost tells stories that are a little bit more removed from himself. But it's almost like if you imagine someone sitting in a hardware store, like an old old timey hardware store and people coming and going and hearing their stories and them not realizing that the poet laureate of America is sitting on that bench in the back playing checkers and hearing things and he takes those little snippets of story. But I think he's intuitive. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, this is, again, and I, I hesitate because Robert's an actual person that I know. Robert is reflective. Which mm-hmm. I think is a different quality than someone who functions in a super intuitive fashion. Do you know what I mean? We
1: do. Well, Robert knows himself really well.
0: Yes, and through knowing himself, he's able to interact and with, know.
1: And connect other, to other people.
0: Right. I think there are other people, like I think Robert Frost might be one, who I think he probably knew himself pretty well. But his connection was via empathy with other people. And then connecting to himself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that.
0: I don't think one is superior to the other. I just mm-hmm. think it's two ways of knowing the world and navigating it. Yeah. And so I think a lot of his poetry is about other people's stories or the idea of what could be someone else's story. It's more imaginative in that way. Um,
1: well, it's like it's like something universal hitting home, whereas. For Robert Cosy, he has something that's very, very limited that becomes more universal. It's almost like a reverse, mm-hmm. reverse uh, pathway to a similar thing.
0: And I really think, and that's one of the reasons why I'm talking about what drives us as a writer. Mm-hmm. And, and writing for yourself so that you understand what drives you. Because I, I think if Robert Frost tried to write like Robert Cosy, it would be inauthentic. He, like, for me as a poet, not that I factor into this conversation, because I really don't, I can't write as directly as Robert Causey. I don't feel comfortable writing about my life in that way because I don't actually experience my life that way. It makes sense. Do you know, like, some people experience their life in a very strongly... truthful fashion everything is head-on and i do feel that in robert causey's writing like it's there it's very you said present tense at the beginning which i think is like one of the best descriptions i've ever heard of his writing i don't deal with any of my emotions that way and i know that about myself so i can't write that way and and i shouldn't that's the whole thing. I shouldn't write that way.
1: Yeah. And we're not evaluating your writing today. No. So I'm not making any comments towards no. towards it.
0: But I'm just saying for me, and I think that's true of any writer, poet or not. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't write from a place that doesn't feel authentic to who you are in writing it. It doesn't matter your genre. And that's really one of the things that I think we both hope to talk about in this podcast.
1: Right. Like it would be wrong for for somebody who wants to write hard to say I'm going to emulate what I see Stephen King doing so that I can be the writer that I that I'm supposed to be. No, you're just being a facsimile of Stephen King and that's okay, but that's not the same.
0: Right, and it's it's because it's not the words. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I love talking about Robert Cozy because it's not the words, it's the place the words come from. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't breathe words from someone else's soul.
1: No, oh, that's good. You
0: should, you should write that down. <laughs> and, and the truth is, that's what Robert Frost is saying here. The road not taken. I can't take any other road but mine. And my path, because of the choices that I made in my path, is no one else's path but mine. And that's where my voice comes from. My voice comes from the things that I didn't engage with as much as what I did engage with. With the relationships I chose as much as the relationships that I didn't choose. The regrets I have and the regrets I don't have. And what season I'm in. Right. I mean, he starts with the yellow wood. That's very clearly, distinctively saying, I'm no young...
1: Right, I'm at at the latter latter stages of my life. And (laughs) the interesting thing is... (coughs) He does know himself well enough to say, I'm going to end up choosing the path that I think maybe others haven't ventured to for, and I, I hold no misgivings towards them or to anyone else who had trod that other path. That's just not me.
0: Right. I could have been more successful. I could have had a more loving relationship. I could have had a better relationship with my children there comes a point in our lives where we own the path that we've taken and and one of the things that i think poetry is often used as a vehicle for that i hate and i'm going to say that because i hate it yeah i hate it poetry should not be a diary of your regrets Hmm. that is that that is just bad juju in the world to be honest it's one thing to look at a regret and to understand who you are beyond it and to be able to write through it. Right. But to take a piece of literature and put it out there in the world, that's nothing but a homily on regrets. You're gonna get people identify with that, but there's no growth through it.
1: Right. I mean it has it's not that it's useless, it has a place. I feel
0: like it is, but I understand why you're saying it. Right. But that's my soul. I you mean know.
1: you're you're driven towards constantly growing.
0: Right. Not everyone is.
1: Right. And so so from your perspective as a reader, you just say, Well, that's good and all, but I've been reading that for the last six months.
0: <laughs> right. right. Right.
1: And so that that's still okay. You feel like it's not okay for that person, but maybe that's what that person has to do. Listen, I'm going to talk about my mom. She's never going to listen to this podcast.
0: you <laughs> what? She'll be like our first She'll subscriber. She'll be our first
1: subscriber. My mom lives in regrets and she has my whole life to, to a way that frustrates me. I'm at the point because of where she's at in life where
0: you know, it's really hard for me not to do your mom's voice right now. Yeah, yeah, no, but don't, don't. <laughs> just in case. Um,
1: that I, I can't have the expectation of my mom to change. So, I'm not giving you advice, but from from my standpoint, I'd be like, that's maybe that's who that person is as an auth, not just as an author, but as a person, maybe that is their authentic self.
0: Oh, wow. I hadn't really considered that. But going back to the Stephen King thing in that, that, that whatever soul, like what he writes and, you know, just speaking of regret, clearly he writes a lot about regret. Mm-hmm. The themes of death and you know resurrection and revisitation and things being not as they were and can never be returned to. There's just a lot of that in his writing, so that is from the soul that he is and the place that he's. So you can mimic his style. I think a lot of times people think it's a style thing,
1: right? Right. It's, right. They're they're confusing soul of the author with style
0: and also soul and voicing are different agreed it's 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 there's a lot of meat on this bone to talk about and we are uniquely unqualified
1: in having this absolutely and we're going to have more conversations again about this.
0: So. I know, we really are. Okay, so let's move on here because uh, I'm trying to keep this at an hour and I'm sure that, like, I don't even know if anybody's going to listen past the first five minutes but I, I hope they do. Okay, last one. I'm not even going to read the whole poem because I just feel like with you I'm not going to eat to. It is a great poem. It's called Halloween. It's by Robert Burns. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's quite a long one and I don't, I, I just know you, so... He wrote from 1759 to 1796. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, I'm prepped. <laughs> you, I, I don't know where that falls in the realm of literature. It's in the,
1: it's, I think it's in the Romantic period.
0: Okay. And we'll get into periods maybe in a different mm-hmm. uh, thing. But upon that night when fairies light on castless Downen's dance or all the days in splendid blaze on sprightly coursers prance or for the Colleen the route is ta'en beneath the moon's pale beams. There, up the cove to stray and rove among the rocks and streams to sport that night. Among the bonny winding banks where dune rins wimpling clear, where Bruce Saints ruled the martial ranks and shook his carrick spear, some merry, friendly country folks together did convene. To burn their knits and poe their stocks and howd their Halloween for blithe that night.
1: I, I didn't get it all.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's like paragraphs. So I'm not going like, to read oh, all of them I, for I you. Mean,
1: <laughs> I, definitely older English, right. for sure. Right. And um, to me, they sound like made-up words. <laughs> But they function as words are supposed to function, so I, so I can't tell if they're words he's, that actually were spoken during that time or, or created. But there is definitely a fantastical element with the fairies and, and all these things going around, and they exist around people.
0: Right, which goes along with the romanticized. And that's something that really we don't have time to get into the, to today with the, the idea of voicing, but the period that he wrote in the way that literature was structured mm-hmm. was more toward the fantastical, and the belief systems of the people.
1: What is that blithe line? Can can you say that line again? Over my head.
0: Okay, so I think, and again, I haven't really looked deeply at this. I just threw this at you because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the next, <laughs> I just wanted to see go. your face. Yeah, go for it. The lasses' feet in cleanly neat, maw brow that when they're fine, their faces blithe for sweetly kind. Their hearts leal and warm and kind, the lads said trig with wooer bibs. We'll nod it on their garden, some unco blate, some wogabes, gar lasses, hearts, gang startin, whiles fast at night.
1: Well, I'll say this, without reading it and only hearing it, what I'm getting at it, even if I don't get all the words, is that there's a definite, definitive rhyme scheme as to what is rhyming where. So I don't know what form of poetry this is, mm-hmm. but I would not ever look at this and say, this is not a poem. Okay, because it has that rhythm and it has that rhyme and we haven't gotten into that for this podcast, but I recognize it as a poem, even though I recognize nothing about what the poem is telling me because of the language barrier I'm having.
0: That's interesting. I mean, I'm probably not doing the best reading it. Like someone who's like Who knows, a Scottish or correct? whatever would do better with it. But um, At least I just it's not Welsh. <laughs> yeah, I just did it for shock value mostly. It is a great piece, though. It's just it's just really sort of him painting a picture of this Halloween.
1: May I ask you a question? Yes, a, pers- um, a personal question. Oh my gosh! Yes, is this a poet that you read in your younger days? Yeah, I because I see the rhyme scheme influence. In your own writing, and I'm impressed with you.
0: Oh, thank you. I it's funny because our podcast is called "It Doesn't Have to Rhyme," and it really doesn't. No. But I do think that, at least for my part, I'm going to push that you can't push bound past the boundaries of something if you don't honor what it is. Hmm. I think that's true of any art form, honestly. If you, if you work with any medium, clay, acrylics, you know, wood, sculpt- whatever you're building, whatever you're doing, you, you can't, even sciences, you can't push past a boundary if you don't acknowledge what has existed previously and have some understanding. It doesn't mean you have to become an expert in something, But, like, okay, so Einstein's a great example of this. He wasn't an expert in theoretical physics, right? He wasn't. No. Because he struggled with things. But when he was able to hone in on where his ability lay, he pressed in to learn what he needed to learn, to understand what he needed to understand in order to look beyond it. So he utilized it as a vehicle to go beyond it. And I think a lot of times we skip that step. We think we're good at something, and we think we're Einsteins at it, and we just ignore everything that goes with. That
1: came before. And you might cut this part out of the podcast, I don't know, but I I recently read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. And um, it's interesting that the main character, Dr. Frankenstein, he loved things that involved alchemy, Mm -hmm. And he was living in an era where alchemy was rejected. And he had embraced it. And he was constantly up against all these other teachers who were telling him to forget all that stuff until he found one teacher who said that without these other things that we now reject, we wouldn't be in the place where we are now. And it was that teacher that gave him the, is it maybe the impetus or the inspiration? The key, really? The key to moving past what was known to actually create life once it had died. So it's that same concept of unless I embrace what came before and understand the value of that, how can I ever push past it?
0: So it's interesting that you brought that up because I think that's sort of what the conversation today is about, both poetically and personally. Mm -hmm. So going back to Robert, Mm -hmm. Kazi, he understands himself, he writes for himself, and in that understanding he's able to push beyond that and offer something more within, a, a, more in a place where a reader could access it, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And with the ideas that we're talking about with what came before poetically, and even Robert Frost in his own way, there's this sense of understanding what is with other people. Robert Frost does that brilliantly. He understands other people and that's how he's able to push beyond and tell stories that are boundless, really. And and with Robert Burns, you know, we won't go into all of him. Though it might be good to do a podcast on this era of poetry mm-hmm. because it's maligned, to be honest. And there's just as much depth and beauty. It's either maligned or it's like venerated do you know what I mean like either people middle ground yeah people either like worship at the hallowed halls of ancient poetry or they like just throw it aside like it didn't exist and I really hate both of those things to put to make something superior and I, I haven't really tried to do that with any of this but I do want to reiterate that I really do believe that if you're writing without Intending to understand your own soul. I think it goes soul to voice, voice to style, style to readership.
1: Mm-hmm. I see that.
0: With any writing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No matter what.
0: And we talked about Tolkien last night when we were chatting about this. And, you know, I don't, I think people know this, but he started creating the world that he was writing about. What, it like nine, ten? I
1: don't know what age he was, but it was his younger years. um, Him and his brother. You know, and, and then he would tell the tales to, you know, his children, you know, before he ever wrote a word about it.
0: No, so it was something that came through his own soul and then it became a voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's really important. His world, and we're going to talk about world building at some point, but we just really don't have time. I've been like, chattering on forever. Okay, to end up, every podcast I have this idea. Okay. It's a game. I'll put music in, it'll be better. Um, This is a game called, Is It a Poem? Okay, I've got like six things here, and I want you to tell me if it's a poem.
1: Okay. (laughs) Oh,
0: and I'm gonna read them all poetically.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: And all the news that's fit to print.
1: That's not that's not a poem. That one I know, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I figured you might. What is it?
1: Um is it like is it like New York Times? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's their ad. Okay, so that's one to you. Alright. Only you can make me feel like this feeling on my fingertips
1: boy that that could be a song i feel like that's a song
0: okay you're right is it a song it is oh my gosh it's anna of the north (laughs) only you can make me feel like this something like that with this faith we will be able to hew out of the mountain from the jangling discords
1: That totally sounds like a poem to me. So whether I'm right or wrong, I'm leaning in and I'm saying poem.
0: Okay, you're wrong. What is that? that is from the i have a dream speech with martin luther king well
1: there goes my ignorance shown for all to see but
0: you know what it it's, is poetic he's very poetic in that and i chose that on purpose because of that he's it it really is a poem that whole speech is a poem and actually the next line is jangling discords of our nation and i cut that oh, part out because like, if could... i put that in now out of contact <laughs> yes. i see okay every time i comb my hair Thoughts of you get in my eyes. You're a sinner. I don't care. I just want your creamy thighs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I've never read Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: Um...
1: I'm going to guess poem for some reason, but I'm probably wrong.
0: And
1: is it? What is it?
0: It's a Prince song. <laughs> it's
1: a Prince song? Nice. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not from the song Kiss.
0: <laughs> I forget which... I should have written down what song it was, but uh, I, I saw that quote and I was like, oh my gosh. That's great. Okay. All the darkness of this world ne'er extinguished the light of a single candle
1: has the word Nair in it. So I'm leaning in third time in a row, poem. Eh. (laughs) And he's gonna be poem. Maybe, maybe not going.
0: It's Saint Francis of Assisi. Really? Yes. Well he was poetic
1: too. He he taught literature time when when literature was not being taught and For all we know, since we're not living back then, maybe he taught poetry. But yes, okay, fine. I've been, I'm, I've lost. I'm going to lose this round. There's no way for me to do anything but possibly tie. (laughs) Okay,
0: these other cockroaches here are just cockroaches. (laughs) No human, no human soul ever transmigrated into them, transmitigated into them. Transmigrate. Let me read that again. Okay. These other cockroaches here are just cockroaches. No human found ever transmigrated into them this is not a poem it is a poem
1: (laughs) who wrote that poem
0: a darn marquee and i've actually read to you the um remember i told you i love this cockroach it's his name is archie it's archie and metaball it's like a cockroach and a cat and archie is this little cockroach and at night he jumps on the keys and he types these letters Right. And poems, and so that's from. Oh, that. okay.
1: I I just thought like maybe it was like from um, that that book *Metamorphosis* by Kafka.
0: <laughs> nope it's it's not. But Sorry, RG. I, I tried to stick with you, your New York theme. So I went from the New York Times. Oh, thing to the cockroaches. cockroaches.
1: Love you, New York.
0: <laughs> Love ya. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know Robert Cosy, he's an amazing, amazing author please pick up a copy of his book do yourself a favor
1: is it found on amazon
0: um it'll be it's on amazon and actually on the podcast i'll put a link to it and actually if you go on my website um there'll be a link to every book that we do and um the other poets that we also feature that are older poets just so you can get your hot little hands on anything you like sounds good i've had a wonderful time with dvd a wonderful time with you, Jay. Jelly, Jay. Okay, um, we will talk to you guys next month, I guess. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.